Today on Pilgrim Radio's His People, Linda Obremsky on the life and ministry of her late husband, Chuck Obremsky. He even called cancer a blessing because we really believe, and I know that for a fact that he touched many, many more people than he could have ever touched if he didn't have the cancer. Linda Obremsky next on His People. Although stricken with an aggressive form of cancer, late pastor Chuck Obremsky didn't miss a single Sunday of preaching for the first 24 months of his grueling battle. Chuck was the founding pastor of Kindred Community Church in Anaheim, California, and beginning the first Friday in January, he'll be featured in a series titled Destination Heaven on the Morning and Night Classes. Our guest is his widow, Linda. Linda, tell us how you first met. We actually were high school sweethearts. We both were born and raised in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, and um, met in high school. I was um, a year older. I was a, a junior when I met Chuck, and he was a sophomore. He was 15, and I was 17, and uh, we started uh, dating shortly after that and, and um, had like a three-and-a-half-year time of dating together, and I obviously graduated before him, and the year after he graduated, we got engaged. Shortly uh, after getting married, moved out to Orange County, California. That's quite a change, Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, Orange County. How, how did you uh, make that decision? Well, um, Chuck grew up with a stepfather and um, his mother, and um, after we were married, uh, we had decided to visit California. It is where his biological father lived, and he invited us out. And he had only met him one time previous to that when he was 14. So we came out to California and obviously really liked it here. And it was just a great opportunity. We were, we were married at 18 and 20. He was 18, I was 20. And it was very hard. We were both working um, multiple jobs trying to make it. And he really had a passion to to get in to finish school. He was in college for one year back there at the community college, but college was very expensive um, back there for us, and he felt like we had the opportunity to come out here and really be able to pursue a degree and, and finish school and, um, and have more of an opportunity for a job and, and raising a family out in California. We picked up and moved in... Uh, February of uh, 1976. Now, were you Christians at that time? We were not. We were not Christians when we met. In fact, um, our testimony, too, is um, we were engaged to be married, and I um, was pregnant with our oldest daughter when we did get married. Um, We just moved the wedding up a little bit, and we... Deep inside knew that we, you know, we were doing something that wasn't pleasing to God. We both believed in God. Um, We were raised in um, homes and went to Catholic um, 
grade schools, different ones, but we did we did have a great foundation of believing in God and and um, having conviction in our life that we had never heard of a personal relationship with the Lord. And so shortly after coming to California, you, you, you both came to Christ. We did. It was actually two years. Um, Chuck went started school and was going to school in the evenings. Um, he was... He had a job out here, but when we got here, it ended up being part-time, and it was actually at Disneyland, and he worked um, during the evenings from 3 in the morning to 8 in the morning, and so we um, weren't making a lot of money getting when we first moved out here, so I went to an employment agency and found a job, and I was hired um, at the first interview at an air conditioning uh, company, a family-owned company, and started working there six months after we moved here. And when I was working there, I had so many wonderful people around me and watching their lives. I didn't know at the time, but they were all Christians and um, the families, and and they just embraced Chuck and I as part of their families. They um, had us to dinner and included us in their holidays uh, celebrations since we had no family here, and um, just really the 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 light of Christ shined through all of their lives, and it was a very attractive thing to us. And and um, they en- ended up offering Chuck a job after I worked there as well, so we worked together um, at this company, and um, we were invited to a banquet one evening. It was a Valentine's banquet, and it was actually February 16, 1978, and we both... Um, received the Lord that night at the same time and prayed the prayer and didn't know that each other had done it until afterwards. So so that date is a very special day for me as well to be able to share our spiritual birthdays together. Now, he, as I understand from his uh, bio, Linda, Chuck received a degree in criminal justice. Did, did he ever work as a policeman? Uh, he did not. He he um, ended up having his degree. He um, majored in criminal justice. He wanted to be an attorney or a lawyer or probation officer or something like that. Just um, was one of his, it was his desire. But he minored in business and with the opportunity at the um, company, it was a subcontracting air conditioning company that we had. He started out in their warehouse because that's where he worked at Disneyland and had some knowledge there. He ended up moving up to purchasing agent and then vice president of one of their companies. So it took six years for him to finish school. He was a very determined person, and he he finished it in in six years, no matter what it took, evenings and whatever he had to do. And um, he... um, got his degree and his minor in business and started for a master's, but he he was just so busy with, with everything else going on that he um, didn't really feel like he had to you know, continue that education. My guest today on His People is Mrs. Linda Obremsky. She's the wife of uh, Chuck Obremsky, the late founding pastor of Kindred Community Church in Anaheim, California. As a matter of fact, we plan to uh, air... Uh, Pastor Obremsky's series, Destination Heaven, on the morning and night classes Fridays. Linda, how did uh, he become involved in the pastoral ministry? That obviously didn't happen overnight. No, it didn't. Um, After we um, both had accepted the Lord that night, we had had friends that um, encouraged us, invited us to church, and we started going to church, and the Lord just really changed Chuck, uh, just completely. I mean, he was completely changed. It, it was just amazing. And we didn't even have a Bible in our house or anything. The next, that week after 
right after we became believers, we went out and tried to find a, a Bible at a Christian bookstore, and and Chuck just was like a sponge. He just wanted to read God's Word. He wanted to read uh, commentaries, everything he could to learn more about it. And God just um, gifted him, completely, truly gifted him um, with wisdom and knowledge and um, used him um, in Bible studies, um, like home, little home Bible studies that we got involved with with the church that we were in. And then he asked if he could start teaching, and he started teaching a Fundamentals of Faith class, and that ended up um, having 20 people involved in that class. And once the class finished in the um, 16 weeks, I believe it was, uh, all of the people in there, and it was a multi-generational uh, class, they wanted to stay together and still have Bible study together and learn together. So Chuck went to the pastors of the church we were going to and asked if we could continue having this class and if he could teach it. And so um, it actually tur- turned into a Sunday co- school class, and it was called Kindred Fellowship. And the class went from 20 people um, to when we um, left the church to start Kindred Community Church was... Um, over 700 people. Mm. So God just, um, like I said, gifted him with wisdom, and um, Chuck just had a passion to, to learn and to teach and just to touch you know, other lives for the Lord. And as I understand it, Kindred Community Church in Anaheim there, Linda, was started, was it 2003? It was February of 2003. Um, Kindred Community Church became a church. We met in an Elks Lodge for two years, and um, God worked some miracles there. We had a pastor come to us that owned some property in Anaheim Hills and um, almost 70 acres, which is unheard of in Orange County, and um, he was getting ready to retire, and he was uh, asked Chuck. He came and heard him preach, and he just said that, you know, God started a work with him on this property, and he felt that it was time for him to hand it over to someone else, and he said that he really had felt in his heart that it was Chuck that he was to hand it over to. And um, we met with them and agreed and um, purchased the property out um, in Anaheim Hills. And it was shortly after that, about a month after that, this was in June of 2003, and in July of 2003, Chuck was diagnosed with cancer. Well, my guest today, Mrs. Linda Obremski, and we're learning, uh, finding out about her uh, late husband, uh, Chuck Obremski's ministry, uh, pastor of, uh, founding pastor of a kindred community church, and he was also a chaplain to a number of sports teams, right, Linda? He was. He was. He, growing up in Pittsburgh, we had both have passion for sports. Chuck played um, football and baseball all through from, you know, a young age of six or seven and was involved in sports back there which was huge and uh, just loved loved sports so much and we had the opportunity and privilege to serve um, Chuck did as the chaplain for the Los Angeles Rams for 10 years from 1984 till 1995 when they moved to St. Louis and we were actually invited back to St. Louis on that opening day with the team um, we had over 40 people in our home every week for Bible studies during the season. Um, it was just a wonderful, special time that God blessed us with. And then two years after that, uh, we were asked in 1997 to um, be involved with the Anaheim Angels baseball team. And 
And so Chuck became their chaplain in 1997. And um, like I said, he just he just had a passion to share God's word and to teach others no matter who it was or where it was. And most of the time it was in locker rooms, and, and he discipled um, some of the guys one-on-one. Um, in fact, Garrett Anderson he discipled. He was at our home every week for five years and um, just uh, went through Bible study after Bible study with them and mentored mentored these guys. Um, the Angels Organization has been just um, really gracious to me and to my family. In fact, we had Chuck's memorial service at the stadium, which was so appropriate since he had ministered there between the Rams and the Angels for 20 years. It was such an honor to have his um, memorial service there, and a lot of the players came, and um, uh, we had some of the more uh, speakers as well, and um, it was just a, a really, really wonderful, memorable day for us and, and celebrating his life and his going home to the Lord. Now, as I understand, Linda, the treatments, the, of course, the cancer treatments typically are grueling. There was chemotherapy and, and multiple surgeries and those kind of things. And at the same time, he he continued to preach. I mean, he, he sort of didn't miss a beat. Is that right? He didn't. He and. He didn't miss a beat at all. It was a, it was a two-year battle with cancer. It was a very rare um, pleomorphic sarcoma, and we had never even heard of it. He found a lump in his groin when he was after a run one day when, and um, went and had it checked, and he didn't even tell me he went because he never went to the doctor. He was didn't ever really feel like he had to go, but he kind of felt this lump and thought something might be wrong, and, and we had it. Um, removed surgically removed a week later and they said everything kind of looked uh, looked fine and uh, another week later the pathology came back and it was um, it was a, a cancer coaster journey from there on he he had uh, another surgery at UCLA Medical Center that took out uh, a football size um, portion of his thigh um, they did get clear margins but only by one millimeter so he had 32 radiation treatments um, with a sarcoma. It was a very high-grade, fast-growing um, cancer. It was many different types of cells. It was very hard to treat. The surgery is the first thing you do. Uh, radiation is the second, and chemo was the last. But we did um, everything we humanly could um, as far as treatments. We even did some alternative treatments in San Diego. We did 25 weeks of alternative treatments, and I really believe the Lord... Um, slowed that cancer down with those treatments and gave Chuck the opportunity to continue preaching and teaching and being at the stadium and being at the church. And and still, he just never stopped. He never sat down and felt sorry for himself. He never asked God why this happened to him. He just asked what he wanted him to do now that he had it and how he was going to use him. He, He even called cancer a blessing because we really believe, and I know that for a fact that he touched many, many more people than he could have ever touched if he didn't have the cancer. Linda, the series that we're going to be airing, as I mentioned, is Destination Heaven. At what point in his cancer treatment, or as you, you said, and I, I, I've read that it's a phrase that he used frequently, the can, his cancer coaster, at what point did he preach that uh, Destination Heaven series? It was, um, he preached that, uh, was the last full, full series before he passed away. It was a 12-week series. Um, he passed away uh, five weeks after he finished that series, 
and he just said to me one day, he said, God has just really put on my heart to teach about heaven. And, and when he started researching and, and that, he said, not many people have written books or information about heaven, he said. So I think I need to, I really think I need to share about heaven and what I'm going to be facing and, and look into this. And and it was a powerful uh, series. He, it was just it was just amazing. It was amazing. Is there something that stands out in your mind? I mean, I realize 12 messages, so, but r- roughly 12 hours of preaching, but uh, something, uh, was there a high point or uh, something that, that, that particularly struck you? During those sermons, um, I think the, the main thing that struck me when he was doing this, and because it was near the end of his life, um, our family, our congregation saw a miracle every week when he got up there to teach. He um, was on oxygen most of the time at home. He, um, from surgeries and chemo, he did end up doing chemo at the end, um, the traditional chemo. Um, he was sick most of the week, um, low energy. Um, he had five lung surgeries, so his breathing capacity, in fact, in you might be able to hear when you air the sermons, he, there is sometimes where he has had a hard time breathing, but God empowered him every week when he got up there to preach and gave him the strength. And, I mean, you could even just see the coloring, the grayness turn to the normal flesh color as he started speaking. Um, God's Spirit just was just truly in him and, and um, preaching through him each week. And, and that's what he was so excited. His passion was just to, to get people to, you know, excited about the Lord and to be able to share God's um, promises to them and, and eternal life to them through his son. He, he just, it just was every week. It was um, just a miracle for all of us to see. Do you know, Linda, how long after completing the Destination Heaven series was he uh, promoted to heaven? It, w- it was about six weeks, five or six weeks. He um, passed away and entered um, heaven on September 18th of 2005. He preached his last sermon on um, Labor Day weekend. It was September 3rd. So he did He did end up in the hospital the next weekend and, and not come home. But in his last sermon, he, he preached in a wheelchair. Um, it was the first week that he couldn't stand or use some type of uh, maybe a chair or something to lean against. But he he went from church in, in the wheelchair to Anaheim Stadium to chapel with the guys. And um, there's a short story I'd love to tell you that that day one of the um, Kansas City Royals players went six for six um, in the first time in his career. And when the reporters came to talk to him about it afterwards, he said that he wasn't going to talk about the day, his record-breaking day, that he wanted to talk about the chaplain and the chapel service that he had um, with Chuck and um, how Chuck, you know, was there for them even at the end of his life and how much more that meant to him than hitting a baseball and breaking a record. And um, it was just, uh, some articles came out in the paper um, regarding that, and, and that was just such a blessing uh, to know that these men, these um, professional athletes were so touched and and really saw saw Christ working through my husband and saw his faith and, and him not wavering at all at the end, of, even at the very end of his life, and just still being 
um, used as a tool and instrument to bring others to, to Jesus Christ. Well, my guest today on His People is Mrs. Linda Obremski, uh, wife of Chuck Obremski, the late founding uh, pastor of Kindred Community Church in Anaheim, California. His Destination Heaven series will be broadcast on the morning and night classes Fridays starting uh, the first Friday of January, January 7th. Linda, tell us how you uh, decided to uh, continue, uh, really, uh, uh, Chuck Obremski's uh, teaching and preaching ministry. I mean, you have made so many of his sermons available online. Well, Chuck always told me he was praying that his death would impact more people than his life, and and I believe that, especially those messages through the last two years of his life, that that's going to happen. And um, he he taught us how to live through his messages, but more importantly, he taught us how to die. And um, I have just I just had on my heart that I want to continue his mission to impact the world um, for his Lord and. It has been a blessing for me to be able to um, offer any of his um, messages to anyone. I send the actual CDs out. They are reaching the world. We're in Uganda. We're in Zimbabwe and um, South Africa. We're um, in Australia. People um, where I've sent CDs, and um, I have unlimited access now to some pastors in, in Africa in Kenya and other parts that are using them to teach with and it's just um, his legacy I want to continue his legacy I want to continue his vision and mission to reach the world and and so I started um, Chuck Obramski Ministries and um, have been so blessed the last few years able to um, provide these messages to anyone who would like them and they're free. Chuck always believed that God's word should be free to anyone, just like his salvation is free to us. And so we do not charge anything to send them out or um, get them out to whoever would like them. You told me before we did this interview that people can also uh, download them, listen or download them from the website? That's correct. We have on the website. Um, all of the messages are on there to listen to, and they're also all on um, iTunes. And what else do you do, Linda, when you're not doing the uh, the website and the ministry there? Well, I'm actually I'm a grandmother of five grandchildren, and I have three children, three married children now, and five grandchildren. So I spend a lot of time with them. My family has been wonderful. They're so supportive of me, include me in everything that they do. So they keep me very, very busy. Um, I love to meet with other people. I'm meeting with um, with other women, um, maybe that have lost their husband. I, I just want to be an encouragement to others, and um, I just keep busy, you know, with with all these family things going on and and friends and um, and get by each day with the Lord's help and strength. I take a day at a time and and just. Um, know that my purpose here is to continue um, honoring our Lord and, and getting his word out. It's interesting, uh, as some people may reflect upon uh, you and, and keeping uh, your husband's ministry alive by making his sermons available, reminds me a little bit uh, of other wives that have done that, like um, uh, the wife of Oswald Chambers. That's right, that's right. I know someone, I've had uh, numerous people tell me, you need to go through his notes and, and write, he, ha- he had all different little cliches and and just um, he he just had a, such a heart for people and and such a heart for God that he wanted to 
communicate that to them, and he was able to do it in a practical way. He was very real and transparent, and um, but God blessed him with the wisdom and knowledge, and, and he never um, had had a, a moment where he didn't have wisdom in what to say to someone that was going through something or that had a, a question for him to answer. And the actual only time that I heard that he was speechless, and it was from um, a few of the angel players, they they appreciated him so much, and this was even before his cancer and everything, but when the Angels won the World Series in 2002, they presented him with a World Series ring at chapel, mm. and um, the first uh, Sunday of the season, which was happened to be an Easter Sunday, which was Chuck's most favorite day to preach and teach, it was on Easter, and they presented him with a World Series ring, and um, the players all told me that was the first time they had ever seen him speechless. <laughs> but it was such an honor, and he was just very humbled and honored that they would even think to do that. But they told him he was part of their team as well, and, um, and he was just one of the guys there. You've been listening to His People on the Pilgrim Radio Network. Many thanks to today's guest, Linda Obremsky wife of late pastor Chuck Obremsky. He was founding pastor of Kindred Community Church in Anaheim, California. His series, Destination Heaven, begins next Friday on the morning and night classes. St. Joseph's Hospital and Medical Center was stripped of its Catholic affiliation after outrage circulated over an in-house abortion. The Roman Catholic Diocese of Phoenix, Arizona, stripped the prestigious hospital of its affiliation after it was discovered that the medical staff ended a patient's pregnancy and the life of an unborn baby in 2009. The abortion was reportedly performed to save the woman who was ruled to be at risk of death. Bishop Thomas Olmsted said, In the decision to abort, the equal dignity of mother and her baby were not both upheld. Olmsted denounced the procedure as a violation of the ethical and religious directives of the National Conference of Catholic Bishops. Olmsted's announcement came after months of talks between the diocese, the hospital, and the hospital's parent company, Catholic Healthcare West. St. Joseph's President Linda Hunt defended the hospital's actions in a statement, saying the abortion was necessary to save the mother's life. Hospital officials said stripping the hospital of its Catholic affiliation will not result in a significant loss of funding, the 697-bed hospital does not receive direct funding from the diocese. However, the hospital will no longer be allowed to celebrate Mass. On tomorrow's program, Rob Plummer with a down-to-earth discussion on interpreting the Bible. Interpretation is just correctly handling the word of truth, not distorting it, faithfully conveying the intent of the inspired author and the intent of the inspiring spirit behind the author who's working through that author. That's on tomorrow's program at this same time. Thanks for listening.